everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to start a series on spiritual abuse. Now I realize that term spiritual abuse may seem a bit harsh, but honestly, what is more abusive than screwing up somebody's idea of the Bible, God, Jesus, or themselves? If Christianity has always worked for you, then these next couple episodes may be a little difficult for you to really grasp. However, if you've ever been hurt by Christianity or the church or Christian people or a Christian organization, then I think some of the things that you hear may give you some validation. Either way, I just hope you will choose to hang in there with us and just continue to listen and learn and grow. So spiritual abuse. I first heard this term a couple of years ago. And as I was researching and learning and reading books, it really just started to make sense of some of the things that I went through as a kid in the church that I was in. But it's not like I've only experienced it in my crazy cultic organization. I've either seen spiritual abuse happen to other people, heard of it from friends, or even experienced it myself over the years in normal situations. And so I want to talk about just a few things as we get started. And number one, that it's real. I think often people who claim to be spiritually abused can just kind of get shut down from other Christians. And I want you to recognize this is a very real thing. It's very real. And just like any other type of abuse, there are varying degrees of spiritual abuse. Not everybody who's abused will have to spend time in a Christian cult like I did. It could be a whole lot more subtle. You know, it could be a church where the pastor or the head elder is the ultimate authority and no one dares to oppose him. A lot of times in some of these unhealthy small churches, if it's not the head pastor who's being spiritually abusive, it could be a head elder who just has all this power and control. It could be a small group where people are pressured to practice the same spiritual disciplines. And if they're not, then their spirituality is questioned. You know, if you're not having your quiet time, if you're not memorizing scripture, if you're not doing these certain things, people start to wonder if you're actually a believer. It could be in a youth group where teens leave feeling like all that God cares about is their outward behavior that their heart doesn't really matter as long as they are measuring up and following the rules. It could be a Christian ministry where correct behavior is valued more than individual people. So it doesn't necessarily look the same in every situation. Here is a great definition from the book called The Subtle Power of Spiritual Abuse by David Johnson and Jeff Van Vonderen. And they say spiritual abuse is the mistreatment of a person who is in need of help, support, or greater spiritual empowerment with the result of weakening, undermining, or decreasing that person's spiritual empowerment. And so it's the idea of here's this person who's looking for a relationship with Jesus, they're looking for spiritual help, and instead they get handed a whole bunch of stuff that only makes them less able as a person to connect with God and less able to understand who they are as a spiritual being. And so it's just, it can look in, oh guys, it can look so different in different situations, but there are certain things that are very similar. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about in the next few episodes. So I want you to know it's real. Like if you've experienced this yourself, then you know it's real. But if you've never experienced it, it's real. And the people who are complaining or hurt or frustrated by certain situations in churches or organizations or with people, they're not just making stuff up. This really happens. And the other thing I want to say is it's more common than you'd think it is. I think sometimes we think spiritual abuse and we think cults, like what I was involved in as a kid, but it's not just cults and it's not just these ultra fundamental 
conservative little churches. You know, it's all kinds of places, all kinds of ways. And it can be in just a normal setting where it looks totally healthy. The Harvest Church from Chicago has been in the news a lot lately. And that was a place where there was a lot of spiritual abuse that's happened. If you look that up, there's a lot of articles that talk about that. And the elders actually just recently completely denounced their former pastor for the things that had happened. And so there's spiritual abuse in all kinds of places. But the thing that really ties it together is there's a person or people who are looking for power and are looking to use the the church people that are there to somehow fulfill a need they have. And in that same book, The Subtle Power of Spiritual Abuse, they had this really interesting quote as they were talking about spiritual abusers or people who are in leadership in a position who are abusing. And, you know, Jesus talked about this. Paul talked about this. These false teachers, these false prophets, these wolves in sheep's clothing, as Jesus called them. And there's this interesting quote from that book, and it says, we must remember that a wolf does not hate sheep. He just needs to consume them to satisfy his own hungers. It is the unsatisfied hungers, mentally, egotistically, emotionally, that cause a shepherd to devour his own. So spiritual abuse is not these people who just hate other people and they want to just, you know, destroy them. They're not thinking of that at all. It's people who are just broken and hurt and have their own holes, their own voids they're trying to fill. And they're filling them by preying upon other people. And that looks, like I said, so different in different situations. It can just be power and control. It can be, you know, getting rid of anybody who doesn't agree with you. It can be keeping things quiet that are wrong, whether there's actual abuse happening or, you know, not just spiritually, but physical abuse or emotional abuse. Or it could be things like, you know, a sexual relationship that's not correct. that's being covered up. It could, there's so many different ways this can happen. And guys, it's always been there. This is not something new. This is something that's been around for probably as long as there have been people. There's been this spiritual abusive problem because people have always been broken. And we're always looking for ways to satisfy ourselves that have nothing to do with God. And so in almost all the epistles, Paul is talking to them about false teachers and heresies and false doctrines and telling them to watch out for these kinds of people and watch out. And Jesus talked about it. He talked about these false teachers. He talked about wolves in sheep's clothing. So this is not something new. This has been around, but it's really important for us to be aware of it and just recognize like it's happening. And maybe that's why things are so broken. It's just really sad, but I know a lot of people who got out of my cultic organization and whatever super controlling spiritual abusive church they were in that was affiliated with that organization and only found themselves in another abusive church. And sometimes in another abusive church after that. And so it's not that this is a rare thing. Unfortunately, it is out there. And so what are we going to do about it? And that's one of the questions that we're going to be talking about. I want to talk to you guys today about lumps under the rug. One of the favorite lies of spiritual abusers is to tell you that you can't talk about what's happened. So if something's wrong, something has happened, well, you can't talk about it. We don't talk about that. And if you do talk about it, now you're the problem instead of the problem actually being the problem. Here is a story that will help to illustrate that. It started small and undetectable. Just a few little things brushed under the rug to create peace. But as time went on, a noticeable bump rose in the middle of the room. Everyone ignored it. Life continued. The bump grew into a lump. People had to walk around it to get from one side to the other. It was slightly awkward, but no one wanted to talk about it, so the lump stayed. It's amazing what you can get used to, what you stop noticing after a while, and what starts to feel normal. 
Then one day, someone new came along. They tripped over the lump under the rug. Picking themselves up, the newbie stared at the lump and started asking questions. People freaked out. Don't look at the lump. There is no lump. Stop talking about the lump. They told the new person to stop gossiping. They scolded them for disrupting the peace and unity. The newbie was now the problem because they noticed the lump, but the lump itself went excused and ignored. It was easier to ignore the lump. The lump was frightening and ugly and messy. Getting rid of the lump would take a lot of work. It was easier to blame the person who tripped. They should watch where they are going. I guess they just aren't coordinated enough. It was easier to condemn them for noticing and talking about the lump. We are all used to it. It's not really a problem anymore. Stop gossiping and just walk around it. But there was still a huge lump under the carpet. And guys, this is an example of a broken system. It could be a family, a marriage, a church, an organization, etc. Whatever the system is, it's not healthy. It's dysfunctional and abusive. This kind of system happens in the secular world, but for whatever reason, I feel like it's especially prevalent among Christians. And it's possible that it's because of our religious version of Christianity that's so often behavior-based. Somehow we think God is looking for good people, and when goodness fails, we just sweep it under the rug. But you know what? If you notice the lump, you aren't wrong, no matter what they are telling you. They are probably more afraid of anything else. They're just afraid, and it's coming out as anger and condemnation. It's not necessarily gossip to talk about the lump under the rug, as long as you're talking with someone who can help you, or help the situation, or somebody who can help to get rid of the lump. Sometimes talking helps other people to notice the lump too. It's actually quite validating to find other people who also recognize it. I think that people are often terrified of what they will find under the rug if they actually acknowledge it, because it's been there for a long time. It's gross. It's probably rotten and moldy. And the ones condemning are afraid of condemnation themselves. They are afraid of being wrong. And so often it's this pride that gets in the way and this sense of control and they don't want to have to deal with it. But guys, it's okay to be broken. We're all broken. And Jesus absolutely adores broken people. The best way to deal with lumps is for safe and loving people people who have humbly faced their own mess, to join you and Jesus around the rug. And then you carefully peel back a corner. Yep. Wow. It's a pretty ucky lump. It's going to take a while to sift through it and throw it away. But that's okay. I wonder what would happen if we just sat down with Jesus and other safe people and dealt with our lumps. What if we discovered that maybe they weren't so scary after all? And that Jesus wasn't condemning us because he already knows. And he definitely isn't looking for pretend perfection, but for a soft and broken heart. Other people will probably still love us because they will understand that we're all messed up. And if this would happen, we would have true healing and it would bring life. And I realize that isn't possible for all of us. Sometimes the people that are involved in the lump are not willing to deal with it. Sometimes we don't have safe people who are willing to deal with the real issues. And so this is one of those things where it gets tricky. It gets sticky. And if you're in a situation like that, if you've been in a situation like that, you know, you know, and sometimes it doesn't work out the way you want it to. Sometimes you really can't make it work out the way you want to, but there's always things that we can do. 
we're never the total victim. Like we may have been victimized. Things may have been done to us, but we aren't a complete victim. We aren't helpless because we have Jesus and we can do our part to make whatever it is right, to bring it into the light and to find healing. Sometimes that means leaving a situation. Sometimes that means saying no and giving up and letting go and backing away and being safe. And that's okay. That's okay to leave a broken system and to protect yourself. And sometimes it means you have to go find help. And therapists, good therapists, are a wonderful thing. I remember the first time I went and saw one of my favorite therapists, she just listened to me. And I was just talking for like an hour. And she just listened. And at the very end, she said four words. Four words that brought such healing to my soul. She said, you have been hurt. And yeah, I had been hurt. And it was the first time anybody had actually recognized that and not just tried to push blame. And it was amazing. It was an amazing feeling because to be validated like that, I could say, yeah, you're right. I have been hurt. Now here's the ways I'm going to go ahead and do my part to make it better. And that's all we can do. That's all we can do. But if you've been through spiritually abusive situations, I want you to know that I see you. I hear you. It's hard. It's so hard. And it makes you want to give up and stop trying. It makes you wonder if anything is real. And it's so hard when you're the one that's getting blamed for it and selling, being told, you know, you're, you're wrong. You can't feel this way. You shouldn't be so bitter. You shouldn't gossip, whatever. And I'm telling you, I hear you. And that abusive situation is not Jesus. It's not Jesus. It's religion and it's broken people who are trying to control a broken system. So I hope you hear me. I hope you'll keep listening the next few episodes as we just try to unpack a little bit of this. And I'm honestly not going to have all the answers for you guys because I haven't figured it all out myself, but I have some good resources and I want you just to know that you're not crazy. I understand. And so until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.